This episode of the EdTech Podcast is sponsored by Learnosity. Learnosity is the global leader in assessment solutions. Serving over 700 customers and more than 40 million learners, its mission is to advance education and learning worldwide with best-in-class technology. Learnosity's specialised expertise and pre-built assessment APIs make it easy for modern learning platforms to quickly launch fully featured products, scale on demand and always meet fast-evolving market needs. Visit learnosity.com today to discover how. everyone and welcome back to the EdTech podcast. A big shout out to the team at Learnosity for supporting this week's episode. I chatted to Sean and Jonathan and the team there and they are doing amazing work to help EdTech companies from across K-12, higher ed and corporate training get their assessment plans off the ground quickly. This week we're back with another European Female EdTech Fellowship episode focusing on school digital strategies, talking about what insights you uncover speaking to 300 head teachers in Germany. And I can tell you the processes, the bureaucracy and um, the lack of digitization is frighteningly inhibiting innovation. And how to tackle the wicked problem of student well-being. It uh, falls in between so many different stakeholders, parents, school, local municipalities, uh, state Like, who is the boss of child's worry? But before all that, some news and updates. EdTechX is fast approaching on the 23rd of June in London. I'll be there hosting a fireside chat with the CEO of Coursera. And the great news for listeners is I have a tasty discount code for anyone who wants to attend. So if you want to make the most of that code, it is ETX22PODCAST40. Once again, ETX22 Podcast 40. And the discount is decent at 40% off the normal ticket price. To register, find the link which we'll share in our show notes. What else? What else? There are four days left to apply to join the Transcend Fellowship number eight. The Transcend Fellowship is for founders in the future of learning and work who are early stage and pre-product market fit. It's uh, online, so very easily accessible. And uh, the link, as always, is in the show notes. And the deadline to apply is May the 20th. One more thing. I caught up recently with EdTech entrepreneur and learning scientist and founder of Gold Star Education, Anissa Moeni. Goldstar is a diagnostic tool to help edtech companies understand and share their impact potential and to identify which companies are more likely to deliver on their education mission. So do go and check out Anissa's latest work and uh, that might be a great thing if you're trying to identify exactly the impact that you're making and uh, to help communicate that externally. Okay, that is enough for now. Let's get straight into this week's episode with Madeline and Kadri. Here we go. Awesome. Right. So um, I'm very excited. We're back with another episode of our European EdTech um, Female Fellowship series. 
and today we are looking at school digital strategy best practices and I'm joined uh, this morning by Madeline Wolf, who is founder and CEO of Vision U based in Berlin and Kadri Tuisk who is founder and CEO at Clanbeat and a young female entrepreneur of the year in Estonia. I'll just give a quick introduction um, as to both of those companies. So in terms of Vision U, Vision U believes that media education is as important as literacy and numeracy skills. And Vision U aims to make digital education available for everyone. They support teachers and companies in the digital transformation of education. And for this purpose, they provide ready to use teaching concepts and further training with e-learning. And in terms of Clanbeat, so Clanbeat is a student's well-being platform with social learner communities, and they help people to discover their true passions, achieve their goals, and shape their own future. And Kadri's mission with Clanbeat is to help students to be self-aware individuals with strong self-management skills so that they can reach their true potential. Uh, she is a design thinking practitioner and is driven by implementing it to support people designing their life. And she's also a mum and likes outdoor sports and pandas, which is fantastic. I love that. Uh, so welcome both to the EdTech podcast. Hey, thank you. Um, Madeline, let's start with you. As part of the EdTech podcast, we have our guests uh, form where people can populate what speaks to them in terms of their own upbringing, their own schooling, um, uh, kind of formative experiences and, and the, their kind of big idea in education. Um, what struck me when I quickly uh, just went through um, your entries there was your amazing paragraph on where you were born and uh, the experiences that shaped who you are. So I'll, I'll just read a little bit and then uh, we can kind of uh, go into some of that and then and then your big idea in education. But he put here, you were born in Berlin, Germany, the daughter of a single mother and part of the first generation in your family to go to university. Um, and you put, you've, I've been shaped my whole life. My mother, whose footsteps are so big that I don't know how I'll ever fit in, which I found quite moving uh, how you wrote that. Um, and you were motivated by her all my life. And we could always talk about anything. There are no taboos. And then you'd go on to talk about some of your experiences in terms of um, exposure to entrepreneurship and um, some of the difficult um, times of growing up. But could you tell could you tell our listeners a little bit about what you wrote there and um, yeah, and how that relates to what you're doing now with Vision U? Yeah, the thing with my mother is um, it's, it's true. It's um, like I said it. So it's um, she's just amazing um, to me because uh, she worked um, 40 hours a week and had two daughters. Um, and uh, I never felt that she isn't there for us. So I don't know how she made it, but she did it. So it's quite fascinating to me. In school, it was um, pretty pretty um, difficult at first, but then I got um, to kind of uh, like a nerd Um to class 10 so um yeah it happens when my sister had a little um accident and um that was quite heavy at this time when i was 13 but school um helped me to get through this and um i started to find myself in uh, learning and being good in doing so so um that was where um yeah my i don't know how to say it and that career but my yeah um Love for learning started growing. So that was, um, to me, very um, mind-blowing. And um, when I grow older, I 
Yeah, as I as I said, um, I'm the first one in our family, the first generation going to university. So when I went to Stuttgart for my first studies, I then um, felt that um, I have many things to learn which other um, people to this time or to that time already knew. So um, I felt there is um, an imbalance so that... Um, Education, there is no um, equal education for everyone in our country, still not. So um, it's my wish to develop the education system for more equality. Yeah, that's what I, I want to do. And something that struck me ab ab about both of you was, um, you know, talking about formative experiences and, and um, some sort of tragic circumstances. So you, you talked about your sister Nakoma and Kadri very sadly about I read about your your brother passing away at an early early age and one thing coming out of this is it creates this amazing um you know zest for grasping opportunities and we're here and we're talking about you know running our own businesses and um I th I thought that was really interesting and something that a lot of people will relate to because you know I think once you go through life there usually is that one episode that happens in your life that that does um, provide a lot of challenge but if you can come out of that and 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 grasp the positives and Kadri what I loved about um, you know reading from your perspective was that sort of made you quite fearless so not 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 rash but actually just saying right I'm going to grasp these opportunities and I'm going to you know I'm not scared I'm, I'm going to make the most of my life which I thought was was great. Yeah, usually people do have these like life-changing moments, and for me it was uh, it was truly life-changing because I had totally different life before that event. And then I, um, my brother sadly passed away in boating accident, and then I really realized that um, what are those most important things in life? And I started to value family. I started to value impact, what I'm creating in this world. And uh, and in the end of the day, I think it turned my life around into a much more positive way. And right now I am living uh, the things that uh, this thing uh, transformed me to because I am changing people's lives for the better with those initiatives that I'm doing right now. So I'm a bad thing, but uh, something good came out of it. Yeah, and it's kind of like honouring your brother as well, which I like that idea. Um, yeah. And... Um, so and also what I loved is, uh, you know, you talked about coming from a small village in Estonia, you know, then not allowing that to be a, um, a limiting factor to your own success. So uh, I could kind of relate to that idea. Yeah, uh, actually, this is very inspiring that uh, in the world where we live right now, it is possible to come from the very small island or some very small fisherman village as I did and to become somebody who is creating positive change in the world. Like if you're looking at how the world has evolved and we have had this kind of boxes or classes and it's really hard to jump from one to another, then uh, it still exists in many places of the world. But, uh, but already in many places we are see seeing the change that it is possible to uh, create the life and create the positive change, even if you have not bore into the circumstances that, that might uh, allow you to do it super easily. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely subscribe to that idea. So um, this episode is all about school digital strategy. And I was thinking about what you both do. And I was thinking about sort of vision you being like the doing and the change management processes around 
um, supporting the people that are involved in digital strategy. And then um, Kadri with um, Clanbeat thinking about, well, how do you make that sustainable? Because it can be quite a stressful process. And it's about sort of the well-being aspect of how we create digital strategies so that it is sustainable and it's not toxic and all of those things. So let's get into what you you both do. Um, Madeleine, do you want to kick off with um, your big idea with Vision U and, and kind of what you're focusing on at the moment as well? Yeah, I love to do that. We see ourselves more like um, a creative agency for digital education. And therefore, as you said, we help schools um, develop towards um, digital transformation. And um, as I understand, digitization brings many challenges, for example, um, new teaching content and methods, but also new training needs for teachers, change in their mindset um, that teachers are encouraged to try new things and um my wish is that all children and young people, um, regardless of socioeconomic factors, are best prepared for life and um, to be able to participate um, in society. And digitization has its own huge impact um, of all our lives. So it is important that um, everybody understands it and knows how to live in a world which is um yeah, digital. So therefore, we have some um, specific um, topics we are addressing. It's like more um, yeah, um, special topics like um, um, sustainable development or um, education for sustainable development. It's um, digital education. It's like more cross-cutting topics we are addressing. And that is where teachers, schools or different organizations just still need um, some support and that's what we are doing we support them with um by consulting them but we also um develop own education content which we provide and so it's encouraging all the stakeholders in a school and especially uh students to um sort of participate actively and constructively in society so so thinking about you know rather than just working through a, a curriculum for the curriculum's sake you know, how are you actually going to affect change in, in the issues that we're grappling with today, which I think we all are very clear about now in terms of what the issues are. But sometimes it feels a little bit like there's a um, a division between, you know, what we're learning about over here and what, what the problems are as well. So um, one of the questions we ask is, is you know, it, the biggest myth or foe in education. And you wrote... Um, too much money ends up at universities or university institutes and we don't um, effectively measure the success of universities by how well they teach um, uh, or how well they select students for a subject. It's more about uh, acquiring research or development funds for the sake of money. And so what's your point there? And, you know, what would you like to see more of? Yeah, I would like to see more um, cooperations between universities, startups or different um, companies because um, and I think it needs more evaluation of doing so um, because uh, there is a lot of money invested in into different um, projects and 
I, I feel that um, even nobody is asking uh, what's the impact, the outcome of, of these projects. And I would love to, to see this even more, to understand um, the way, how we learn, um, what, what's the best way to, to, for different people. I would love to see this even more than just um, giving money and onto um, specific universities and um It isn't, in my opinion, not necessary that every university in Germany needs to develop their own platform um, or own learning management system. That's not what we need, I guess. And, and Kadri, if we move on to you with Clan B, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what the big idea is and you know what you're focusing on as well at the moment? Yeah, my idea actually is that students' well-being should be at the heart of their learning meaning that actually everything what we do in life, uh, uh, the well-being should be at the heart of uh, everything we do. And uh, therefore, we created ClanBeat and we are focusing on students' well-being uh, together with social learner communities. And we are able to um, get insights into how students are doing in school and in life in general and visualize this data uh, for themselves and also for the school and the teacher so early interventions could happen uh, and uh, the school uh, processes could be designed much more better to facilitate students' well-being and their personal uh, differences. And uh, we also are putting a lot of effort into providing students the self-management uh, um, and uh, personal agency skills that they could actually push through life and push through everything, anything life throws at them. And uh, this is our big, very big goal that students would develop those uh, skills uh, themselves that, that even when they're stuck, they would know what to do. And this is uh, a very big uh, a passion of mine. But there are also uh, very many obstacles in this because like students' well-being um, is one of the wicked problems in the world. It, uh, it uh, falls in between so many different stakeholders, parents, school, local municipalities, uh, state, like who is the boss of child's worry? And this is something which uh, we are struggling with every day. Uh, in many countries, uh, the responsibility goes to ministries of education. In some kind of, uh, some countries, it's social ministries who are those who have to actually um, guarantee the well-being of the nation and the education of well-being uh, um, practices. Uh, but uh, it is still in the early phases of getting very structural support. And, uh, and many schools are not equipped to deal with even this, uh, these topics uh, in a very operative way. Uh, and we are able to provide schools with a very precise data and insights about their st uh, students' well-being. But many schools are still yet struggling with teacher overload with so many different topics that the student well-being um, sometimes uh, doesn't get too much attention and then when we are thinking about how humans are learning and growing then if they are in this uh, uh, dark place in their life uh, learning and growth cannot happen so uh, in, in order to provide meaningful learning experiences, uh, students need to be in a good place themselves for starters. And then you can actually uh, do something about their personal growth and learning experiences. So this is, a, this is a change we really want to bring in the world, that uh, well-being should be at the heart of learning and, and students should be at the center of all the learning experiences and uh, 
and uh, really understand how those things are affecting themselves and how they want to pursue life and what is their internal motivation to do those things. It's, it's, it's interesting as well because I think I don't know what your experience is but I can imagine when you're discussing this with teachers like that they just get that they get that you know they they're at the front line working with children and you know if that child's not in the right place like it's not going in so it's just wondering if that's kind of the conversations that you have and whether you know when we think about um, school digital strategies what I often think is everyone knows what they need to do but it's finding the time in the program so um yeah it'd be great to to kind of hear from you Kadri about what feedback you get from from teachers and where the blocks are to making that happen making that shift towards well-being being at the center and then from both of you on how you might work with the schools that you work with to actually have more time have more time to affect some of these positive moves towards um, digital and the best version of that? Uh, very good question. And uh, and actually, this brings me to this kind of second very big problem in the world that I see that uh, actually teachers are doing those things which uh, they are measured upon. And also students are doing those things what they are measured upon. If you're being measured upon your mathematical uh, uh, grades uh, uh, and science grades and uh, and etc. Then you're not putting yourself into this picture. Your uh, and uh, and this is a very very big problem. Yes, uh, results uh, of measuring teaching and learning processes effective is 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 really vital. But those things what we are measuring, this should be overlooked because this is something which uh, has uh, been with us for centuries in a way that. Uh, like and the world has evolved and we have not uh, changed the things that we are measuring and if you're talking about 21st century skills which is like in the heart of many countries education strategies and also if you're looking at the OECD education strategy self-directed learning personalized learning 21st century skills and these are not reflecting on those things that what we are measuring and if you're thinking about mm. 21st century skills critical thinking creativity collaboration uh, like leadership, like taking initiative, social skills, like how these are reflecting on grades. And these are like human skills which uh, should be measured and, and well-being is really a big part of those. I think there's so many people listening to this who would be applauding everything you're saying, especially on grades and, you know, the the, the fact that those systems of measurement haven't really caught up. If you could rip up the whole thing and start again, like what would that look like? What would what would you love it to look like? I would uh, uh, I would love to have uh, uh, that the world would be in this kind of space where the personalized learning is already uh, in this space that it is like technically possible. I know that uh, it is technically really hard right now uh, because of the resources and the human human capability of noticing each child's uh, uh, needs uh, and and providing the dedicated support, uh, but. Uh, I would really love to move towards the world where we wouldn't have special needs kids in, in, in the world anymore. Every kid should be special needs kid in this best sense, in a way that uh, everybody has different kind of uh, pace, different kind of uh, interests, different kind of strengths and weaknesses. And uh, this is the education system that uh, I would really love to see evolving into and putting the child's needs into the center of it. 
uh, not the education system as a conveyor into this first focus. Uh, so like more personalized ubiquitous uh, learning economy where the needs of education are evolving around each child's needs. So this is something I really want to see. And how about you, Madeline? Yeah, I, for me, it's it's a whole leg in the system. So it begins with uh, even the selection of who's going to become a teacher. So how do we choose these people in university? It's um, it, it's there where it starts to um, become a teacher, and then what are the lessons um, during university to become a teacher? That um, they have to change a lot in our system, and um, you know, there um, in back in 2019 we did a five week um, tour of Germany and spoke um, to between 250 to 300 headmasters and teachers. And what we did is we wanted to understand how schools work in Germany. And I can tell you the processes, the bureaucracy, and um, the lack of digitization is frighteningly inhibiting innovation. So we once tried to show this in just one illustration and. Yes, we got um, a result, but it is almost cynical. So the, the whole content, all you have to know as a teacher is so much growing. And, and Kadri said leadership and things like this. And maybe it is necessary um, or perhaps um, not necessary, but a good idea um, also to for teachers to have internships in, in, in companies for um, for special time and not just once but just to learn from another this week's episode is sponsored by worktrip worktrip is a marketplace to help high growth companies book team off-sites worktrip brings together venues and experiences coaches facilitators and inspiring speakers and helps companies set their intentions for gathering and learning together if you're thinking of organizing a team offsite, let us help you at worktrip.com. If you're a coach, facilitator, or a thought-provoking speaker, contact us about adding your listing. And finally, Worktrip has big ambitions. If you want to invest in a better world of work and learning, get in touch and we can share our plans. A really interesting idea because I'm not sure where you are, but uh, certainly here in the UK, there's like a recruitment retention crisis with teachers and uh, and also with head teachers now as well. So, but what if there was built into that very in- intense experience of being a teacher, like a secondment every year to a different com- company uh, where you can basically pick up loads of great ideas and become a sort of entrepreneur in your own school? That that to me how many people would stick around if we sorted out pay and all the other things as well that it feels like a more um you know provides that interest point as well um but uh yeah what do you think Adric? actually this uh, this is a really great that you brought that out because in estonia we just uh, launched uh, a program and the first batch has already finished where we are sending uh, um, heads of schools into uh, companies uh, who are doing really well uh, to learn uh, this mindset, what you just mentioned, and bringing this expertise back to the school. And uh, and um, this is a really good idea. I'd love you to send me the link on that. And also, I'm just like, how come Estonia always comes up with all these amazing ideas? Estonia is actually one of the most digitally advanced society in the world. And uh, there is a reason behind that. 
uh, because we came out of Soviet times and we had the possibility to build up our uh, country, learning from all the other amazing countries and their journeys of uh, what has been done well and what has uh, not been done well. And uh, I think this has given us a really good ground of doing things right uh, and not having this kind of burden of uh, what we have always done those things at yeah, this way. Yeah. So I guess getting into the specifics, um, could you share with our listeners some of your partnerships that you've had with schools? So when you're thinking about digital or digital strategies, can you think of a particular example that you could share? Yes, I can. Because we, we're working a lot with schools and different schools. And in back in 20, I guess it was 2020, um, in, in Germany, there started the... Um, Digital Pact is like a digital pact um, for to get the schools more um, towards digitalization. So it's it has been all about digital infrastructure because a lot of schools doesn't ha even have um, a good Wi-Fi or tablets and things like that. And if the infrastructure isn't well, um, you you don't even have to think about any uh, digital content. So um, and therefore the um, Schools had to had to write their own. Um, it is called like a media development plan, because um, in Germany we have the uh, media education, which is not just one um, course, but it's um, this cross cutting issue. What what I tried um, to explain. So and there are different skills in it, and um, the schools have to. Um, explain in which class they are trying to um, build these skills with the um, pupils and that was quite um, heavy for them because they not everyone knows what all these media um, skills are about and they had to um, explain what um, a technical needs um, they they have and things like that and this plan is huge and most Schools had very big issues with this, so um, that's one part. We are we're doing workshops with them, trying to identify um, what the teachers need and what um, their learning needs are for the teachers to to mm -hmm. um, use these tools they are trying to um, get from from the ministry. It's really interesting because I was talking to a lady yesterday from a company called I think they're called Graden, and it's actually thinking about. You know, lots of companies benefit from coaching within their organization. It's, it almost sounds like it's a process of working with teachers and other stakeholders that are sorting out some of these digital yeah. processes. And, uh, you know, that is, especially if you're doing it at a national level, quite a daunting prospect. And it's another thing to think about on top of everything else. So it's almost like a coaching and, and sort of support system alongside alongside those people whilst they're Absolutely. going through that it has a lot to do with change management and um, there are some teachers who are willing to to change and there are a lot um, who are just um frightened um and and you have to to um yeah, take these people and talk to them and try to understand what what um, the, the boundaries are um, and and yeah to encourage them to to learn so long life learning is a big issue in germany and um it's yeah not that easy to implement it um to everyone or with everyone in every institution it's not just the schools it's, it's the companies as well and kadri any other kind of examples of schools that you're partnering with or particular examples where they're having problems that you can recall 
Yes, definitely. Our main uh, um, uh, person with whom we are working very closely together are homeroom teachers or school counselors and uh, heads of schools. And we are providing them the possibility to have a really um, insightful overview of uh, those students who are usually not seen and visualizing uh, them and helping them to get uh, into fast help and uh, and also uh, helping homeroom teachers to establish this environment in the school where they are able to create uh, meaningful relationships with their students so students would be able to uh, have them as a first uh, response uh, who is there actually who is supposed to see if something is uh, needing uh, support but uh, dealing with schools one by one is very lengthy mm-hmm. process and we are supporting all of our teachers and school heads in regular uh, webinars and uh, and uh, also doing the one-on-one uh, consulting with them but when we are talking about the whole country uh, and uh, the school system then I would really love to give an insight of what is happening in Estonia at yeah. the moment. We are Having this amazing program in Estonia, which is called Accelerate Estonia, and uh, this is public-private partnership, and uh, their uh, slogan or uh, sentence of uh, like uh, why they have been called into life is called "If we gave your country, what would you do with it?" And uh, <laughs> and we have where do an I idea, start? <laughs> uh, that, yeah, where do I where do I start? And uh, we had an idea uh, of. Uh, really uh, accelerating Estonia to be the well-being education uh, nation and uh, and right now we are participating in this program working together with the ministries and and national health institute to bring this change in in much more larger scale into existence as um, as each individual school although in but in the end of the day this is reaching to each individual school but if you're talking about systematic change then you have to have stakeholders who are actually going to be thinking along mm-hmm. with you how to create this change and how it could be sustainable. So if one school is getting tired, like how to really help them out yeah. and, and how to how to create the knowledge uh, behind those uh, systematic change actions. Fantastic. So we should keep our eyes out for uh, when Estonia is, you know, becomes the education well-being country of the future. Definitely. <laughs> I will make everything uh, so uh, that it could happen. Wonderful. Um, okay, cool. And, you know, for, for both of your organisations, what are you kind of focused on in the next sort of, say, six to 12 months? Like, you know, what what's the, the kind of big focus? And also any messages to our listeners that can help you with that? So we have, you know, school leaders, um, investors, you know, other companies listening in. So what would your message be to them? What what would you like them to do? <laughs> Maybe I can start. Uh, our focus for the next year is to really focus on um, building up the data, um, gathering inside the schools and, and reflecting it back meaningfully uh, to the school heads, to the teachers, to the school advisory, well-being leads and, and students themselves. And uh, and this is uh, something that uh, is going to be uh, transforming the way how students are receiving help at the moment, uh, uh, helping them to be seen and also building behind 
the services and the materials that students really could help themselves. And if among the listeners, <laughs> there are school heads or well-being leads uh, who are really thinking about uh, stepping up their game of supporting each individual student and uh, and uh, really not wanting to burden their school staff, but really taking technology into really human technology of how to really support their students, then I think this is a really great opportunity to check us out. And even if you're just one teacher having a class full of students, then uh, this is something for you as well. And that point that you made about making students more visible is something that, you know, because on over the last couple of years, obviously everything with the pandemic, people have been talking about all the benefits and all of the issues with digital divide. But one thing that I'm still not clear about in my head is like, well, what happens when kids just go AWOL, when they just disappear, you know, and at all schools, I still think there's a, a dip in, um, you know, attendance. So there's some, they've just kind of gone off the radar and haven't quite come back into that school system. This uh, indeed has been a really big problem, uh, uh, which we have uh, noticed as well. And this is also a bigger problem. This is not only the problem of children who are being lost to the digital world and who are blinding their cameras or not showing up at all. This is uh, the bigger problem of uh, not having a sense of belonging, uh, not having strong relationships in the school to which they want to cater or show up to. And this is something which needs a lot of work love and human approach this is not something that only uh, technology can actually solve uh, us as a glenbeat are giving a really big helping hand giving a voice to students visualizing their needs and giving them self-help materials as well and giving the tools for teachers also to build those relationships we have uh, automated the student engagement uh, activities which are helping uh, teachers to create these moments of insights about their students and getting those connection moments. We are visualizing uh, people who are similar to you. We are visualizing people who are having the same Mm. uh, dreams and goals about life uh, in the form of bucket list ideas. We are visualizing uh, uh, people around your group uh, with the same interests. So we are creating this sense of belonging that this would be the place where they would want to show up. If they think of it, it as something nobody cares, uh, I don't know those people too much, then this is something then you will not show mm-hmm. up. Then you feel more comfortable being alone. Fantastic. And Madeline, how about yourself? The next kind of uh, 12 months, what does that look like? Well, yeah, it's a great question. So we're just trying to build up our, our platform, Bildungsfreaks, which um, provides different um, content from different providers um, to these um, um, cross-cutting issues like consumer education, education for sustainable development, uh, media education, digital education, uh, things like that. And um, if I could wish anything here um, to the listeners, um, if there is any teacher or any, just any person who's interested in um, being part of developing um, interactive courses or special um, skills, special content, just um, give me a call. And I'm, I'm always interested in collaboration and, yeah, to, to develop it with um, the people who are actually using this. 
Yeah, fantastic. And then just just to kind of wrap up then, um, so we always ask our listeners, um, you know, any people, projects, books, podcasts or anything else that has uh, inspired you. And I know that in your answers, you talked about um, any ed tech founders, because that's a, an incredibly hard sector to to work in, but also rewarding as well. We've got two books here. So Designing Your Life by, by Bill Burnett and Dave Edom, Evans and The Almanac of Naval Ravikant by Eric Jorgensen. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about those books? Yeah, sure. If you're talking about Designing Your Life, then this is a, a really inspiring book to me in a way that this is helping you to see your life, uh, to build up the path into your life that you wouldn't be uh, disappointed when something doesn't work out so you would have different kind of paths to choose from and you would always know what to do even when you don't know what to do and have this kind of inspiring well-round uh, holistic uh, approach to your life and uh, and when we are thinking uh, about why this book has been also like uh, uh, impactful uh, I, I, I think I read it from somewhere that uh, uh, the two authors, they are also uh, having uh, a selective course in Stanford called Designing Your Life. And it, this has been the most popular mm. uh, course in the Stanford history. So this also says something about the impactfulness of this book. So if you have time, please go check it out. And Naval Ravikant's uh, Almanach is actually uh, put together from his Twitter uh, tweets and uh, and uh, and uh, giving explanations behind that. So it's really easy to consume, uh, but so impactful and insightful. If you think about Twitter uh, format, then with a very few characters, you have to say mm. a lot. And, uh, and this is something which is, uh, you can start it from everywhere, anywhere, and still get your kick uh, uh, if you're like, having it on your light table or anywhere in your house or even in a plane it's like a guide to wealth and happiness so it's very wide uh, so uh, but it is about entrepreneurship it is about how the world functions how the humans function uh, and I love some of those insights in there I had many aha moments in there reading it and I have read it many times and I recommend people to read some books even two or three times because always when you're reading a book for a second or third time discovering new things or thinking your and you you yourself are also in a different place when you read it last that time very true. so it's, and um, madeline yeah. a couple of your recommendations so one was the art of clear thinking and the other was lead perform live so do you want to say a few words about yeah, those to, so the I, i'm not quite sure if it's the art of um clear thinking or the art of thinking clearly i'm not quite sure it's by um rolf <laughs> tobelli and this is to me, very interesting because um, he shows up or, or brings uh, a lot of uh, thinking mistakes we are um, doing every day. And to be aware of these mistakes is just great for a society to, yeah, do not do these mistakes. So it's um, very interesting, I guess. And um, I just could recommend it. And the book, um, Lead, Perform and um, Live, is by Fredmund Malik and it is more for um yeah if, if you if you're leading a company it, it helps a lot because having employees for example is just so challenging and there comes just everyday new challenges uh, which I yeah haven't even thought of before so 
Um, and it's also about the balancing between working and living. Um, but um, yeah, just some good advice is how to deal with it. Fantastic. Thank you both so much. Well, for our listeners, uh, go and check out the work of uh, Madeline Wolf, founder and CEO of Vision U, and uh, Kadri Tuisk, founder and CEO at Clan Beats. Um, we'll include all the links, all the social medias and everything Uh, in our show notes and uh, yeah best of luck for the next 12 months and beyond and hopefully get the chance to see you both in person thank you very much for having us you're very welcome that's all for this week's episode thanks so much to all of the guests learnosity and worktrip for supporting this week's episode and to you all for listening If you want a bit of work-based distraction, do always feel free to go and leave us a review on the podcast. Otherwise, that's all for now. Until next time when we're back talking about assessment, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.